everything you know will change. Like to have everybody's attention for a moment? You the man. What's that mean? You the man. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now all of a sudden you're stepping up to the next level of competition. All right, all right, all right, all right listen up, listen up. Welcome to The Rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson. Well, Triad, the Kyle Allen era has begun. Maybe. How long will Superman be out for? Who is the best team in the NFL right now and more? Welcome to The Rundown. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. I am joined by Johnny O, John Oshesky, Rod Funderburk. Sawyer Dillon is our producer. Aaron Gabriel is in the house, man, in our social media. 336-777-1600 is the number to call to chime in on any of our topics today. Fellas, let's go ahead and get started. Aaron, what is the Twitter poll question for today? Because I couldn't think of anything, so I just turned it over to you for the morning. I got you. No worries, my man. Yeah. Good morning, Triad. Your Twitter poll question for today. Who wins the big-time world-to-weight championship unification bout tonight? Will it be IBF champion? Errol Spence Jr. or WBC champion Sean Porter. I like that. Throw a little boxing in there. Hey man, somebody got to keep y'all honest. Yeah, I like that Who? a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Hub Triad or at Sports Carolina One. We can answer your questions there throughout the day, too. Aaron Marin and our social media. If you ask a question on Twitter, he'll get it, bring it to the air for us, and um, we'll do our best to try to answer whatever question you guys throw at us. But got to start off today. I know normally we start off with high school football. We will get you updated on area scores from around the triad from last night. Uh, luckily, a lot of games got in before some uh, apparently some inclement weather came through here uh, right at the tail end of a lot of high school football last night. Uh, a lot of uh, interesting outcomes last night that are going to set up some really interesting games for next week. And we've got a big one here on Sports Hub Triad this upcoming Friday. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But first, uh, the biggest news, uh, headline news here on ESPN.com. Last night, Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton released a video blog on his YouTube channel and basically revealed that he was hiding just how much of his left foot sprain was that how much of it was hurting before the season uh, to coaches and players and that he won't return to the field until he's 100 percent healed. Um, for those that aren't in the loop, Newton had a mild Liz Frank sprain in the third preseason game against the New England Patriots, kind of a non-contact injury. And then he aggravated it in a loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks in week two. The Panthers have called the injury a midfoot sprain, which is technically a Liz Frank sprain. Uh, fellas, I bring in my panel now with Rod and John. I had read originally that a Liz Frank sprain could take up to six to eight weeks to heal. So the Panthers haven't put a timetable on this. Cam hasn't put a timetable on this. But in terms of this video, just initial thoughts on where Cam is right now mentally and how do you see the situation ultimately playing out? Because he he didn't sound like a guy that was thinking about retirement at all in the video. He sounded like a guy that was just trying to get healthy because he recognizes the talent and stuff that's on this team this year, and he feels like if he can get back 100%, he can really help the team. But uh, initial thoughts when you first heard this, that Cam was uh, hiding, so to speak, this injury from the coaching staff. Well, good morning, uh, Dez, Johnny, Triad. Hope everybody's doing well. I My initial thought is it's not surprising. Number one, you hear it all the time. Athletes, especially football players, have to be protected from themselves. You know, an athlete will go out and he will play injured. As a matter of fact, with this new concussion rule, an athlete will get a concussion, know he has a concussion. You can tell he has a concussion, but he'll swear up and down to you it's his shoulder that's hurting or it's his neck that's hurting or it's his left arm that's hurting and will never conform to the concussion. 
So with Cam Newton doing that, you know, I think regardless of whether the team was great, has an excellent team or not, he was wanting to be on the field because he's an athlete. That's what he does. He plays football. So I think regardless, he was going to try and come back to the team. He wasn't going to tell the coaches because he was hoping he could play through it. And a lot of times you feel like you can play through it. You don't know exactly what it is, if it's a sprain or if it's just something that's tightening up. As an athlete, a lot of times you say, hey, I need to play through it so my muscles don't tighten up. And I think that's what he was doing. I was going to ask because I, I thought actually thought about you, Rock, because I know you've played football at multiple levels. When I when I first saw this, what what's the uh, how many players do this over the course of a of a given season where they they may be banged up or or hurt more than they're letting on, but they don't want to either give up a spot or uh, maybe they feel like the team is going to be worse without them, so they, they they push through it and play, but in the end. Maybe it actually hurts the team that the, the injured guys the, out there. It's the players that love the game of football that do that for sure. I yeah, because there's a lot of one, a lot of on the opposite end of it that won't, you know they'll play with a or they won't play with a little bit of an injury. You know what I mean? But but the majority of them, the ones that love the game of football, they I mean they're all playing through injuries. They yeah. really are. I, I agree mean, with I, you, Johnny. I don't, I don't mean all, but I mean a high percentage of them are all injured. Well, Johnny, I almost bet that it's closer to all of them than not you know i'd say it's over 95 percent of all the starters are going to do that and i'll bet you dollars to donuts on that i mean it's just an athlete mentality because there's a lot of testosterone in the locker room you know believe it or not you guys don't see things that happen in the locker room there are fights in the locker room there's name calling oh you're a punk you didn't even play today what's wrong with you shut up you know that can't go on has a another guy with testosterone in the locker room so the last thing that you want to do is come off as if you have some kind of weakness or you're weak and athletes especially football players you know they're not they're going to fight through that and rodney especially when you're a leader like cam newton yeah you know that's why that's why he plays through the injuries i, I give him all the credit in the world i'm serious because he's been playing through injuries for probably a few years now but you know on, on the flip side and i'll go against you guys a little bit because i know you guys well i know des like the the youtube um thing but you know what he's injured you know he is the leader of the team but just lead the team you know let Kyle do his thing right now, step back, get healthy, let the team play through what they have right now on the field, and try to get out of the limelight a little bit is I, what I'm saying. Well, see, I kind of look at it differently. In 336-777-1600, the number to call if you want to chime in on Cam Newton right now uh, here on the rundown. I kind of look at it like he, I'm glad he did it because if he hadn't did it, Kyle Allen would be asked questions about Cam Newton every single week. And by him – doing it on his YouTube channel, he actually controls the narrative as opposed to doing an interview with a reporter or doing a, a press conference where he throws out a couple of quips that can be uh, misconstrued or, or misunderstood. By him controlling the actual channel that he put the message out on, he can control what's the, the narrative in terms of what happened, and he's taking full responsibility for it. I shouldn't have played. It was it was dumb of me to do so. I'm realizing that I can't do that kind of thing, and I'm stepping back and – You'll see me when I get healthy. So now, technically, I don't really expect to see Cam until he's ready to go by putting this out. If it looks like he put some thought into it, because um, he could have just found a reporter, pulled him over in the hallway, and be like, "Hey, I was hurt. I shouldn't have been hurt. I mean, I should have been playing. I didn't tell the coaching staff, but you know, it is what it is." But he he did this. But the thing that was jarring to me was it kind of confirmed uh, thoughts that we had the first two weeks of the season because we were all thinking Cam looks like he's hurt, but they all are saying he's fine. But we have eyes. We can see him. He looks hurt. 
And then he was like uh, the thing in the video that was the most jarring thing to me when he came out for uh, week one against Tampa Bay or no week two against Tampa Bay and week one against the Rams. He does this thing when he's at home where he runs around the ring of the stadium and pre uh, pregame warmups like he'll do the stretching thing around the entire ring. And he said he took a couple of steps coming out of the tunnel and he realized he couldn't run, period. Like he couldn't run at all on his foot. And that he started doing things in the game because you start thinking about when you're hurt, you start thinking about that body part and protecting it. I don't want anybody near my foot. I don't want anybody touching my foot. So he started his game started acting because of that. If you go back and look at that Tampa game, he was throwing a lot off of his right foot. His left foot would be in the air a lot. He was doing a lot of jump passes, throwing with his upper body, stuff like that. Total reverse mechanics of what we've seen from Cam the past two seasons. So that should have been a telltale. And then the McCaffrey play, the fourth down play at the end uh, versus Tampa, where they basically rolled Cam out of the play entirely uh, as a decoy. That that doesn't normally happen with Cam. And he said, you know, normally if it's a yard, he's always felt no matter what level, he can get a yard. He'll jump over you. He'll jump through you. He'll run around you. Now, But he knew he couldn't get that yard. Let me stop you there, Dez. Cam said it was his fault he didn't tell the coaches. Well, Cam didn't call that play on the goal line, did he? Was that the coach's call? I mean, they should have known something at that time and my, point. My understanding, if the sequence right? was um, they had the play called. It was like fourth and four or something like that. And they had the play called. They liked it. And uh, Tampa had a delay a game. They called two timeouts in a row or whatnot. So they had a delay a game. It pushed it half the distance to the goal line, and the Panthers didn't change the call. They stayed with the call they had because they liked it the first time they called it. And went with it anyway, but instead of it being fourth and four, it was fourth and inches basically, and they could have just they could have just ran McCaffrey up the gut probably and got it, or or ran Cam up the gut. But Cam is sitting here saying he could not run that play because his foot was so messed up, and that's the new thing that we didn't know that even if they had done the play, we had been blaming the play caller. Even if they had done the play, thinking Cam was healthy, he probably wouldn't have made it according to him. So that's pretty jarring um, to to hear that from Cam Newton, Aaron. A lot of this, I'm not I'm not willing to give anybody credit for this because, number one, it's dramatic. The video, it's dramatic. Like, he looks like, dramatic. He looks like he's about to request ransom for somebody he's holding hostage. <laughs> well, well, Aaron, he's, and, he's sipping a – Cam Newton, what you want him to He's sipping a $100 like he, glass of wine and smoking a $150 stogie. You know, meanwhile <laughs> – if he did not disclose, if he did withhold his injury information from the coaching staff, okay, bottom line is you're hurting the team, which is not a good thing. And I don't believe it personally that you could withhold such an injury from a coaching staff because if the guy can't run, how you as a coaching staff don't know your guy isn't right is beyond me. Well, te- I mean, for the past year or so, Cam hasn't really been practicing. Like he last year, he was practicing one day a week, and even then, it was over on the sideline. And my understanding, they didn't let him really practice first week at all. He was on the sideline just throwing. And the second week, they kind of did the same thing where he, he didn't practice till like foot. Wednesday. Yeah, because he, he tweaked and, the foot, and he's still right. rehabbing the shoulder. So they he wasn't out there doing the, the normal stuff that like Kyle Allen probably went through this week. Kyle, Cam hasn't really been on a regular practice schedule for two years. I yeah, don't they, know. But they had him on a pitch count. This yeah, year obviously too. Norv Turner knew. He was hurting, or else he would have called more run plays. This so thing, I mean, Norv knew this. Now they did call the the one run play in the first quarter of the Tampa game that Cam tried to reach out for, and due to them only having two cameras available because of the weather at the time, uh, they called. He didn't get it on the field. They only had two cameras to review it on, and the call stood. But looking at it on TV, it looked like he got it. But the, he did run for that play. But even on that play, it looked like he didn't have the extra umph that he normally would he didn't look for contact or and the guy caught him like two yards out this whole thing stinks to me of mismanagement from 
the team level down to the trainers and to Cam Newton. Well, like you have to you have to manage these things accordingly to put your team in the best situation. That's actually my, that. that's actually my question because should should any blame be placed on Ron Rivera for allowing Cam to play when Cam is telling him to his face that he's fine but he clearly wasn't because how much I mean a coach can only go off of what a player's telling him, right? I mean, you can't just assume that a player's hurt if he's telling you he's fine. I agree. And if he's your yeah, best yeah. player, why would you sit him thinking he's hurt if he's telling you he's fine? Yeah, and you, those two have such a great re- they must have a very oh, good they're, relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's politics involved in this thing. How do you go to the owner, David Tepper, and say, well, Cam's telling me he's fine, but I just got a feeling something's wrong, so I'm sitting, so I'm I'm sitting your $100 million Ooh, quarterback yeah. down. Yeah. David Tepper's going to look at you like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> Get out of my mind. He told you that he was fine. <laughs> Put him in a doggone game. So there's a certain level of politics there, too. Right. See, so that's that's the issue now because people were blaming North Turner for the play calling. People were blaming Ron Rivera just because it's cool to blame Ron Rivera for things. And people were blaming Cam Newton. But now it's like Cam has stepped to the forefront and said, this was all me. I should have said I was hurt. I did not. I intentionally told them I was not hurt. And it caught up to him by the end of the Tampa game where he was noticeably limping. Um, the play I think he re-aggravated on, for starters, the offensive line exploded on this play. Like, uh Daryl Williams, he looks like he's boxing out for a rebound at a certain point. He's facing Cam at a certain point with the guy behind him, and he's, like, trying to box him out. The other side, I don't know what happens to the left tackle. I mean, the right tackle, he just falls down, and that that part of the line caves in. The center gets pushed all the way back into Cam. So Cam is starting to run for his life two seconds into the play. He jumps over a guy, starts to run towards the sideline, and they run him out of bounds. And uh, I remember watching that game. The camera had it was on Cam's face out of bounds, and he was grimacing as he turned around. And I was like, oh, I think he might have re-injured his foot because nobody really touched him. It was another non-contact play. And from that moment on, they didn't really run him anymore. He didn't really – they don't. They didn't really run any RPO. They haven't really ran any all year, really. Um, so, to me, I'm thinking Norv might have known something was up. He had to have. He had to just watching him do reps and stuff. He had to think, hmm – because last year, remember the narrative was we're going to run Cam less, and Cam was like, you got to let a lion roar and all that stuff. And then the first thing they do, the first two plays of the season against Dallas, they run Cam on bootlegs out for 40 yards or 30 yards or whatever. They haven't let him really do that at all this year. And now it looks like maybe maybe some of that was by choice. Maybe it was from what they saw. Well, the narrative now is next man up, and it's Kyle Allen. And uh, that was very encouraging, what we saw last Sunday. Let's, you know, Hopefully he can – Almost match what he did last Sunday against Houston because that's going to be a tough football game. We're going to get into – yeah, we're going to yeah. chop up Kyle and uh, yeah, his the, matchup yeah, the uh, Cardinals the second have hour. a pretty good defense, but I think it's not as good as the Texans. Yeah, well, so, actually, no. the Cardinals have, do not have a good defense. No, um, they, <laughs> well, they I was wor- trying to be politically <laughs> yeah. correct they here, They have the, uh, the worst <laughs> passing defense in the entire league. Um, Houston, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look up their stuff builder. now. Yeah, I was, t- I was trying, to get, <laughs> trying to get us some help here for the Panthers, guys. I mean, they uh, – yeah, Arizona is not uh, – Top notch. I'm looking at the rankings right now. Of course, total defense, the New England Patriots are only allowing 199 yards a game. What wow. in the world? <laughs> now, granted, I know they played Miami. I know they played, uh, I think, Jets. the Jets. 
and I forgot who the, sec- the third well, team Pittsburgh was. Pittsburgh was the first. Team. Oh, Pittsburgh was the, yeah, and they still had Big Ben. So the yeah, pe- 199 yards a game. The people they've played, their their combined record is like one and nine. That's yeah. all right. So give me a break. Yeah. So, they're in the yeah. AFC East. Everybody's acting no, surprised. Need, this happens need, every year. But that I get it. That is different. They're probably a good defense, but probably. a combined one and nine. <laughs> they're at, they're allowing five points a game. I'm I'm not sold yet. <laughs> You'll be sold. Don't y'all. Kansas City sees them this year. We'll see what's going on with that because I'm I'm sold. I don't know about y'all, but these new Tom Brady videos he puts out every week are becoming my new favorite thing. What's what's going Slowly. on with that? What, what's, it's I, always like, all right, guys, we got a good win on to Buffalo. And there's like some like rap music in the back, like with a highlight, and it's the what? best thing. I gotta, it's just, I gotta it's just him like being like the most positive, happy guy. Like, and then it says like forty nine to nothing, and it's like on to the next one. It's like, oh, it's just too easy for him at this point. No, well, it's a tester. We'll, Buffalo's gonna be a. Yeah, test. I was gonna say we're gonna get in the NFL later on today too. Uh, Buffalo ain't no joke, man. They've got like a top uh, a top defense. They're number five actually uh, in total defense in the league right now. Number four is your Carolina Panthers. Um, the Panthers have the fourth ranked defense in the entire league right now, only average, only allowing two ninety five on the uh, in yardage per game. An uh, offense, the Baltimore Raven, the Baltimore Ravens are number one. They're averaging five hundred and eleven yards a game. They're number one. Uh, they're told, ahead of number two, Kansas, Kansas City. I told you guys about my quarterback oh, no, pick, Lamar great. Jackson. There he's, was a reason for that. I was watching that there, guy. Uh, he did well. And they had, a, they had an interesting game against Kansas City last Sunday. But, yeah, we'll definitely get into Yeah, they NFL just ran out of too. time. Yeah. yeah. So You know, luckily there's only 15 minutes in the quarter. Yeah, I think Baltimore would have got I think that one was for Aaron. Maybe yeah, he missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him right now. He doesn't look happy. Oh, man. You should. I mean, his, his Chiefs are undefeated still. No, they're mm-hmm. cruising they're right along. They're fun to watch. They uh, are fun. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was just looking to see where um, – I'm looking to find Houston's uh, – that's why I was over here, to see where Houston's ranked defensively. Because usually they're a top ten defense. And actually looking through this, I don't see them. They're number 21, actually. So there's an opportunity here. They're allowing almost 400 yards a game. They're aver- they're allowing 21 points a game. Um, so yeah, there's definitely an opportunity here for something to happen. And then Carolina's schedule kind of lightens up a little bit. They got this game. Uh, it's granted it's in Houston, and Deshaun Watson is a pretty good football yeah. player. Uh, then they got Jacksonville after that, I'm and going, then they're uh, going my to son and I going are London. Going to that game. Oh, the tickets. Jacksonville game. Yeah, I'm oh, excited. Yeah. It should be a good, good one. And then is that uh, the one in London. No, no, no. London's next, the week after that against okay. Tampa again. So. Next home so game. But uh, we're definitely going to talk about Kyle Allen. We've got uh, from the four-man rush, Kevin Avery is going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour to actually break down the the Carolina Panthers versus the Houston Texans game uh, film-wise and just what type of things we should be looking for for that. But coming up, loaded Saturday of college football this season. The SEC has five teams ranked in the top ten currently. Three are in the top five. Is this the year Alabama doesn't make the college football playoff? And if so... Who is the team most likely to beat them in the SEC? Plus another interesting game in Chapel Hill. Rod's going to be heading out there as soon as the show is over. We'll get you ready for a weekend of football action, ACC and Top 25. We break it all down next on The Rundown. Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. The Nest with East Coast with East Forsyth football head coach Todd Willard, a new weekly podcast following the East Forsyth football team during the 2019 season. Uh, we are on week five that will be coming out here uh, this upcoming week. We were on a bye along with East Forsyth uh, this past week. That's why there was not a new episode. It's available across all major podcast formats, sponsored by East Coast Wings Kernersville, Cindy Swain, BH Home Services, Havilene Express Loop Kernersville, Kevin Bug State Farm Insurance, 
and the Collegiate Shop. Stream on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, and more. That is The Nest with head coach Todd Willard. They've got a huge matchup coming up this upcoming Friday, and we're going to talk about that uh, here in a little bit. But first, college football today. Uh, fellas, we got some interesting matchups here. Um, wanted to talk about, first get to the ACC scoreboard and some games that are going to be going down today. We'll get you ready for your Saturday uh, Johnny O's Orange, the Syracuse Orange when taking on Holy Cross. That's a noon game on ACC Network. We that is a carrier dome. One that, you know, we can maybe count in the books. And mm-hmm. we'll go to three and two and then really getting into the ACC schedule starting rolling. next week. Big one in Chapel Hill today on ABC, 3.30 p.m. Number one, Clemson goes into Chapel Hill to take on a game North Carolina team. I don't think they need to wait till the fourth quarter to start scoring today. I think they probably need to get that going a little early. Actually, <laughs> man, do you know that Clemson played 110 players against Charlotte? Wow. Yep. Yeah. He does that, man. I love that. Yeah, we had, uh, Rodney, Rodney isn't even at the game yet, and the score's already 17 to nothing. <laughs> you I'm guys give, should be ashamed of yourselves saying you give, such a thing. Do you Johnny. give Carolina a chance at all in this contest? I mean, they're going to learn a lot about themselves, I think, today. <laughs> I mean, good answer. <laughs> That's great. I, I really do. I think they're going to learn a lot about themselves. I mean, I think they're going to learn if they can rise to a challenge or if they're the type that's going to fold when the challenge is too heavy. I think yeah. that's what it's going to come down to. They're going to find out whether or not they have heart for the game if they have fight within themselves. And if I see them fighting and uh, not giving up, you know, I think we'll have a pretty decent rest of the season. And, you know, you just can't fold. Let's just face it. Clemson has the best talent. They have the best coaching. And that's why they're number one. Yeah, they're, Clemson's they're got good. it rolling right now. And right. Trevor Lawrence isn't even playing really well right now. He's right. actually not even the top-ranked quarterback in the ACC. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's Jamie Newman for Wake Forest has been yeah. falling out. By uh, the way, if I can just back up to next week, uh, I think both of you were laughing at me when I said App State was going to beat North Carolina. Well, I didn't laugh. No, well, I don't remember laughing. laughing. And, you know, Maybe a scoff was in there or a, yeah, or a and, you know, like, something like that. Well, but, they, yeah. Carolina's more talented, blah, 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 blah. Well, Carolina should have won the game. Well, we, <laughs> how, how, <laughs> they, why should have they? Why? They were because they had 489 yards. Um, App State was the better football team. No, App State, if you look at the stat, App State gave up 489 yards. App State was the better they, football They had 200 mm-hmm. and I think 79 yards. Uh, for the whole game. What was the score? 34-31. No, That's, I mean, App won. There's, I, I, I there's no doubt about it. But, I mean, I'm just saying – Carolina was a talented team. They lost a game. That, that's what it came down to. They Give lost a game. Give credit for the, the pick of the week, for crying out loud. Eh. Well, I didn't know it was a pick of the week. I don't remember Johnny <laughs> well, saying yeah, that. Yeah, I don't even remember lunch. that being I mean, a pick I, of the week. We lunch. Oh, yeah, we're yeah, going to do yeah, lunch. Yeah, yeah, I forgot you know, about I'm, that. I'm looking pick, forward to when, doing when lunch. When there's a lunch, on, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the pick of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to lunch. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, they were at Chapel Hill. Yes. App had not beaten a Power 5 school in 11 tries, and it took a blocked field goal at the end to prevent overtime. Like, they app let UNC go goal. down the field for a field goal yeah. with like 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, app yeah. won the game, and Car- U- and but- UNC should have been motivated after coming off the loss that they had to Wake Forest. Right? Now, what was going on with UNC? I cannot tell you. I don't know. And and I did put this disclaimer out there, Johnny. Last week I did say I believe Carolina will win, but. Mac Brown is still working with Larry Fedora's old players. Yeah, and uh, it feels like a lot know. of it's offensive side. Like he he they're very young. Like I don't expect Carolina to be good, good for another year or two because he's Mac is getting some recruiting classes coming in for and we you know, we follow high school football here in the Carolinas especially. He's circling the wagons and getting some mm-hmm. guys in here, but yeah, this is the first win that over a power five school that app has had 
since the Michigan win in 07. So, yeah, and you call us a Power 5 school, but we only won two games last year. Exactly. And one was against Western <laughs> Carolina. Right. So it was like, I mean, <laughs> people are saying, App was it an upset? Nah. No. A great job, App State. All, all right. you Mountaineers out there, excellent yeah. job. Great work. I don't think anybody thought that like App could not defeat Carolina. Like right, right, right. No one right. went to that game so thinking that they could win. App when they're not playing North Carolina? Yes. Okay. I have friends yeah. who went to App. No, oh, yeah. I know a lot of App. App. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, being in North Carolina and, you know, I think everybody kind of – for apps them I root for Wake. I root Absolutely. for Carolina. I, mean, I um, root for A and T. Winston Salem State. But I mean, I, and, I, and I'll have to, you know, and I had to give it up and say I don't root for Duke and I don't root for NC no, State. I just how about, don't. How about what Duke did to Bob Tech last? Yeah, well, hold on. Let me. We'll get to those here in just a sec. Uh, Three thirty today. Actually, is a top twenty-five matchup here in the ACC. Number eighteen Virginia taking on number ten Notre Dame. That's uh, on NBC this afternoon at 3.30. Where's that game? That game is at Notre Dame. It's in South Bend. So uh, that's uh, yeah, it's in South Bend. Also at 3.30, Wake Forest, 4-0, and trying to go to 5-0, and taking on a 3-1 and Boston College team. That's on ACC oh. Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is on the road. That is at Boston College. Diz, would you back up one? Notre Dame last week, although they lost to Georgia. Yeah. You remember a lot of people said Notre Dame was going to get blown yep. out right. by Georgia, and they did not. No. Uh, you know, because we even just said, if, hey, if Notre Dame gets blown out, does that catapult Georgia above Alabama? Yeah. And I tell you what, maybe Notre Dame's a little bit better than I expected. That I was mean, a football game. Yeah, it was. It was a good game. game. They may not lose again the rest of this year and just be in prime position as these SEC schools start to knock themselves out. Um, Shoot, and, we'll, Notre, and we're going to get to the top Notre 25 Dame here, Notre Dame led at halftime. Yeah. 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 Uh, NC State taking on Florida State at 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. NC State 3-1. and one. That's down at Doak, uh, Campbell, and Tallahassee. Now, last night, Duke, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to admit, I picked Virginia Tech to win this game. It was in Blacksburg. Uh, Duke three and one now on the season, forty five to ten winners over Virginia Tech on a Friday night ACC game from last night. Virginia Tech falls to two and two on the season, zero and two in the ACC. Duke looked pretty good. They ran a double pass for a touchdown last night. I saw that looked pretty. Uh, Pretty nifty from uh, old Kutch. And they Cliff. went 95 yards, I think, on one drive. Yeah. That just looked like it demoralized Des, Virginia Tech. Des, I was getting uh, text messages. My buddy Jack over at Kickback Jacks, you guys still doing the show over there. Yeah. Um, Jack is a great guy over there. The He's the partner or whatever you want to call him, the GM of the place. Him and I got to be pretty good buddies, and he's a big Vod Tech guy. But, uh, you know, I was getting text messages because I wished him luck. And then he said, oh, he goes, it doesn't look good. You know, they were getting beat like 35 to 10 at the time. And you know what a Virginia Tech guy texted me in the second half? I can't wait for basketball. I thought that was the wow. first time I've ever heard wow. a Vod Tech yeah. say, say that. They're, I, I mean, that was kind of funny. They're, they're in, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what Virginia Tech's football team is going to do. But, yeah, they got a decent basketball team for yeah. sure. Now, I'm looking through the AP Top 25 and I didn't realize, I said three of the top five schools in the country are uh, uh, SEC schools. I didn't realize they're ranked number two, three, and four. Yeah. Um, Clemson's number one right now, of course. Alabama's two. Georgia's three. LSU, four. Um, Strong. That And that's your top. Where's Auburn? Auburn is seven. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Florida's nine. So, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, if you scroll a little bit further down, look and see if there's any other ones. And Texas A&M's 23. So, that's. But, yeah, it's all towards the top here. And today um, maybe might help with some separation. Texas Tech visits Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's a dark horse to win the whole thing this year um, with Jalen Hurts. They're 3-0 and in the Big 12. That game is in Norman. That's a f- uh, noon game on Fox today. 
Uh, number eight, Wisconsin, who nobody's really talking about. They had a huge Ooh. win last week against Michigan. Huge. I saw this thing. Um, it was They're showing. Who's like, that running oh. back, man? He's like the high. You know, yeah, he, he looked great. Yeah, I he can't think of his name. I, I can't this, remember. Uh, it was like a chart that showed like the top teams in the country, how many four- and five-star kids are on their rosters. And like I think Clemson was number one with like 69, and Alabama had like 58, and Florida had like 40. Wisconsin has like nine. Like they're right? they're the only ones that have single digit four or five star kids in their entire roster, and they're three and zero and number eight in the country. You, um, one and zero in the Big Ten. You know, Michigan. I thought about old John Harbaugh doing that game. What uh, uh, you think? Uh, that's actually a good segue. I meant Jim. We, excuse yeah, me, the, Jim Harbaugh. What? Hold on. Hold that, that thought a second. Let me get through the scoreboard because I want to come back around to Jim Harbaugh. Um, Michigan number twenty. Michigan taking on Rutgers today at noon. That's in Ann Arbor. That should be a game to get them on the right track. Although their offenses look like doo doo, so I'm not sure. <laughs> that's going to play out. Number 23, Texas A&M taking on Arkansas. Texas A&M already has two losses. They're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Still in the top 25, though. That's a noon game. Yeah, uh, but they lost to... Um, they lost to Clemson. Clemson. And, and was the other one uh, LSU? It wasn't LSU, was it? It was somebody that's highly ranked. Uh, yeah, you're right. I can't remember who it was. But I know they lost to Clemson first week or two of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Old Miss taking on number two, Alabama. That's at Tuscaloosa. Um, that's probably going to be an L. 3.30 p.m., that's a CBS game. Uh, number 21, USC, 3-1 and one on the season on their third-string quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, taking on number 17, Washington. That's a 3.30 that's game a on one. Fox. Yeah, that's a, and it's not a 10 p.m. game, so that might be one to check out. Number 9, Florida taking on Townsend at 4 p.m. on the SEC Network. Uh, number 7, Auburn taking on Mississippi State at 7 p.m. And we got uh, – <laughs> We got number five, Ohio State, taking on Nebraska at 7.30 p.m. You okay over there, Rod? What's going on? Oh, Give me a little man. music band. a little confused. <laughs> What's happening over there? He starts dancing. Let's, I'm uh, out of here. Let's, and then uh, back on uh, this past Friday yesterday, number 12, Penn State, demolishes Maryland 59-0. to zero. Um, What the hell? Don't know what happened that? there, but uh, actually, you I know mean, Maryland funny? was scoring millions of basketball well, scores on were. teams, and well, now the they get crushed. Games. First two games. They man, beat take, Syracuse 63-20, to 20, and then all of a sudden, the last two games, they've been – I got a uh, I got a text from Coach Willard over up. at uh, East Forsyth uh, last night. I didn't know what was going on, and uh, I was out of the drive yesterday. I was off, and I guess Josh uh, picked Maryland as a uh, a good bet because I don't remember <laughs> what the line was. Do you remember what the line was, Aaron, for that game? No, I don't remember, but I do remember Josh saying uh, <laughs> vividly. I actually tweeted him about it. Oh no! He, uh, vividly, I think he picked. Uh, Maryland outright too, just like oh my god, it might just beat him. Well, uh, he was only fifty nine. Coach Willard texted me late last night. He was like, "Um, somebody picked Maryland. James Franklin kicking that ass. Maryland disrespected <laughs> him so bad." I just had to laugh at that. Um, <laughs> Look out for Penn State. Fifty nine to zero. Um, yeah, Penn State's four and zero. They're ranked number twelve. Watch out for them. Penn State and Wisconsin might be on a collision course in the Big Love Ten because I do not trust Michigan. Love Coach Franklin. So let's mm-hmm. let's get back to Mich- I mean, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh here. Do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to stay at Michigan, or do you think uh, somebody like the hmm, – where has he not been that would make sense? I always thought he would go back to the Bears eventually, but they seem like they're all right. Colts, they seem like they're all right too with Frank Wright. So I'm fine with that. Yeah. Would you – here's a question. Would you want Jim Harbaugh as coach of the Carolina Panthers? No, and I, I, I don't think he's uh, – I, I think this is going to be his last year at Michigan because he is going to get beat by Ohio State again, and after losing Ohio last State week like good. he did, was just, that was horrible. Yeah. I mean, what, 35, 14 or whatever? Oh, it yeah, it looked like Michigan wasn't even like they looked bad. in the game. Like, they just didn't look good. And 
I think he ends his his career at Michigan is over this year, and then he takes a year off. He'll probably be on TV or whatever. Where um, would be a good landing place for him? Like another college team? Because I don't think college works for his is style. Good I'm still not understanding why he left the 49ers. He had issues with upper management. He did. They weren't yep. letting him. I guess. I guess he wanted to have more. Uh, more say in but I mean they went like to two NFC championships in oh, a row yeah, in a Super Bowl. You know what? They wouldn't extend him. Like he wanted an extension, and the 49ers upper management was like, "Well, get to a Super Bowl and win one, and we'll extend you." And he's like, "Well, why should I have to do that to get extended?" And it went back and forth. It just got worse and worse. I and mean, they worse. got he got him to a Super Bowl, two NFC championships in a row yeah. with Alex Smith. Oh, man. and, and I mean fast too, because the 49ers, yes. they flat out sucked for a decade. He came in there within a year; they were winning 12 yeah. games a year, and I remember the the Panthers with a young Cam Newton in 2012, 13, 14 had to get through either Seattle or the 49ers just to do anything, and those 49ers teams were tough. They were really good. They mm-hmm. put like three tackles out there on the offensive line and just run jumbo like at the 50-yard line and just run it down your throat. Now, he's trying to do some of that stuff at Michigan, but if you're a Michigan fan, I, I would imagine, and our, our boy Haskell Shelton, he's one of the biggest Michigan fans I know. I hope he's out there listening right now. I feel for you, brother, because I don't know what you guys can do with the situation, actually, if you're out there and you can call call us because I want to know if you're interested in keeping Jim Harbaugh as your coach uh, for Michigan. 336-777-1600 is the number to dial. It's unacceptable. I I but it, it, but I pros. think he stays if he beats Ohio State. Uh, if he beats them, yeah. I don't yeah, think this team can beat happen. this Ohio State team. Yeah. Like I don't think offensively they can run. I mean, Justin Fields might There's be a another, Heisman candidate. Look out for Ohio State. I mean, they're all these same teams every There's year. Loaded. There's loaded. Ohio State is loaded with talent. Yeah. And I, I don't know, man. I just – I think Michigan's gonna. They're gonna definitely lose Ohio State. They might lose another Big Ten game before they even get to Ohio yeah. State. You um, think so? Penn State. Yeah. They probably, they probably Did got they have Penn, Penn State? State? Let me see. They uh they got. I mean, after Rutgers, they got Iowa. Iowa's ranked number fourteenth in the there country. Uh, next yeah. week they got number twelve Penn State. Two Oof. weeks after that, they got yeah. number ten Notre Dame. The week after Penn oh State. Oh my gosh. At Maryland. Uh, they got number twenty-five Michigan State. Not any easier. Man. And then they finished the season with number five Ohio State. Like I mean, this. Honestly, could four they could lose blue. four or five yeah. games for real. Like the way their offense is playing, like I do not trust Michigan one bit. And I know they were a, a pick to get to the, the college football playoff this year with Urban Meyer retiring and everything. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't see it. They've been saying wow. uh, Urban Meyer to Michigan. Can you imagine that? Uh, he turned. He said no to no, it the other day, but yes, yeah, he can't even say Michigan. He's how like, uh, <laughs> can, he couldn't do that? He couldn't. No. He can't go to no. That'd that, be like, that doesn't work. <laughs> now I've heard Urban Meyer to uh, USC. USC. Which would be interesting, but how are we going to keep letting Urban Meyer get away with this? He comes into a program, gets a bunch of talent and and criminals, and then he leaves based off of health reasons. <laughs> and then a year later, he pops up at a bigger school and does the whole thing over again. I know, and he, then leaves because of health reasons. But he does it well. He does it extremely well. <laughs> and I'm just like, how are we letting Urban Meyer keep getting away with this? How many times can you be like, you know, leaving the game because I'm I'm hurt, I'm having headaches, uh, my health's in question. He's gone for a year, and then all of a sudden he pops up at a like not even like a regular like like Rutgers or something. He's popping up at like the big schools: Ohio State, Florida. Oh, USC huge. is the rumor now. It's like it is. he can't go to place else but Alabama. I mean, like this is crazy to me. Yeah. Well, this, this time around, he's got a job doing um, analyst work. So I, yo, I may... saw I saw him describing the spread offense uh-huh. online, and he's he just if you don't well, know no, how to run a spread football. offense. He describes it because he kind of invented it at Utah, and he was describing what you do on run play option and stuff like that. And he had like all the analysts, like Reggie Bush and Matt Liner and them, all out there like acting the roles out. 
And he described it, if you don't understand it so simply, go look it up online. It's he really good it. stuff. But Aaron, that's what he does. You know, after he, you know, gets or leaves the school, he does the one year of television and then he gets another big time school. Happy to be the head coach of the Trojans of Southern California. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't <laughs> like spending his weekends at Bed Bath and Beyond or something. I don't know. A wild weekend with the well, missus. I mean, maybe that's how he keeps his marriage intact. I mean, she's not says, being hey, there. Hey, I'll allow you to go and coach, but you got to spend a year with me in between. Well, and and, and it, by the and then by the end of that year, she's ready for him to get the heck get out, out of there and go back. Yeah. See you on Sunday. Get out yeah, because when he left Florida, that was the whole thing. He wanted more time with the family. He was. He, well, yeah, he was hurt. He was sick or something. Yeah, he was sick. He was, yeah. he was, uh, yeah, not he, doing he well. passed out or something, but yeah. I mean, he just couldn't get past it. And Ohio State was the migraines and stuff like that. And I mean, I, think of all the talent that Urban Meyer has recruited, like to these programs like Florida and Ohio State and wherever he ends up next. Look up Urban Meyer's overall record as a head coach. It's mind boggling. Right I mean, now. I think he's only got like less than 20 losses his whole career. That's crazy. That's pretty good. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at an Urban Meyer overall record. He is in 17 seasons. He is ugh, he is 187 and 32. 187. Just at Ohio <laughs> State in seven years, he was 83 and nine. That's a 90 percent win clip. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it looks like just looking at while he was at Ohio State, and you guys the, thought they were going to fire him over an assistant coach that, getting yeah. in trouble. No, I never thought that he was going to get <laughs> fired. I was like, he's going to leave when he wants to leave. Ohio State ain't stupid. They'll figure out a way to, to, to explain all of this. <laughs> the fans didn't want him to leave either, but he's the only modern-day coach to win national championships in two different conferences, and he's one of only two coaches to win national titles at two schools, uh, Nick Saban being the other. Um, Meyer's the only coach in major college history to have four different winning streaks of at least 20 games. Holy crap. He had 20 with Utah and Florida. Then he had 22 at Florida, 25 at Florida. How's that possible? And, and, well, Florida and Ohio State, and then 23 at Ohio State. Those are those numbers are just they just wild. he just wins. So yeah, I can see somebody backing up a Brinks truck and trying to lure him out of uh, quote unquote retirement. But uh, but back to the Michigan thing. Yeah, Michigan. I, I don't trust Michigan at all. I think they're no. toast. So um, right now though, for the college football playoff, of course. Um, Clemson. I don't see a loss of Clemson's schedule going forward. But the original question of the segment was Alabama not getting into the playoff. Which one of those schools would you say that Alabama has a chance of losing to? And just looking at their schedule real quick here, they've got Ole Miss today. They got Texas A&M tomorrow, uh, next week. Uh, well, actually, next week is the 12th. So they got a bye, and then they have Texas A&M. Do they play LSU? Uh, they do. Uh, it's November the 9th. LSU with a quarterback is absolutely frightening. That it's team, in Tuscaloosa. That team. From what I've seen, well, I don't want to say it's the best. I mean, because I still you think Clemson's the best team. LSU is right there. They could win it all. There's no doubt about they it. They finally have a quarterback they that do. can actually throw the ball, and usually they can't throw it. So they can't. When they run across Alabama, it's like a nine-six game yeah. or something, and he, they can't throw the ball down the field. He threw for six touchdowns last week. He um, that's unheard of. For yeah. What's his name? Joe Burrow. Yeah, they're doing Joe, great. Joe, yeah, Joe Burrow. He's uh, he's completing at an eighty percent clip. Um, man, he uh, seventeen touchdowns to two interceptions. Wow. He uh, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, I, uh, pretty I think good. LSU was doing great. I think LSU would be the closest to beating Alabama. I just don't. 
think they'll be able to do it. It's at Alabama. They'll have to prove it to me in a big game like that, knowing that if they lose, they could potentially be out of the playoffs. I think that might be a little bit too much pressure for that team, as well as the LSU coaching staff. You know, you have to be a heck of a coaching staff in order to coach in those pressure situations like that. And I think Alabama will put some pressure on them. Now, they got Auburn the last game in the Iron Bowl. It's at Auburn. Um Auburn might have one of the best defenses in the country. Yeah. Um, they are only allowing 15 points per game. Granted, Alabama's only allowing 10, but Alabama has been playing lesser competition up to this point. Um, they're only allowing – Auburn's only allowing 89 yards per game on the ground. Now, they've got some uh, – I'm looking at Auburn's schedule here too because this only works if Auburn's still undefeated when they get there because mm-hmm. then they might be able to leapfrog them because we've seen Alabama lose a game – and still get consideration as if they did not lose a game. Does and Auburn play LSU? Auburn does play LSU, uh, October 26th. Okay. So, actually, so LSU's got Auburn and Alabama back-to-back. So, if LSU can go through that gauntlet, <laughs> they probably will. And then, uh, actually, Auburn has Georgia November 16th. Oh we didn't even talk about Georgia. Yeah. Because uh, they won't see Alabama until the SEC championship if they see them at all. Yeah, because they're in the same division. Right. But or or for, they're, yeah, they're in separate, separate divisions. Sides. I mean, yeah. yeah. So you're talking yeah. about the Notre Dame Georgia game, but don't forget about Georgia. I mean, even though Notre Dame gave them a heck of a game, Notre Dame's pretty damn good. Georgia's you know? like the most quiet number three yeah. ranked team ever because, I mean, they're just con- they're just beating people, but. With a senior quarterback. With a senior that's quarterback. Um, they've beaten, well, they've played Notre Dame, so that's a, a good key game, a good win. Uh, looking at their schedule, it's actually pretty soft until they get to, they got Florida November the 2nd. I don't trust Florida, but they're they're ranked number nine right now. They got Auburn two weeks after that, Texas A&M behind Auburn. So Georgia can make a claim too here. They get through their schedule, then that might be something to look forward to as well. But I don't trust this Alabama team for some reason. I think maybe watching Clemson beat the brakes off of them kind of exposed them a little bit to me. So I'm like, there's some teams out there that are better than Alabama. I'm not going to just prop them up as this the squad that can just you know run through anybody. There's some teams that aren't scared of yeah. them. No, I mean I agree with you on that aspect, Des. But if you know Alabama is the program who I think that they are, you know I see them in Clemson doing it again. I mean you're going to have kids there who lost last year and that's on their mind. It's going to stay on their mind, and they're fighting and they're running and waiting to get back at Clemson. Kind of like when. Uh, the the quarterback of the Texas Longhorns was waiting for USC Reggie Bush and uh, Matt Liner, mm-hmm. you know, and they stayed quiet in the background, and that's who they were waiting on. We've been hearing about that with some high school teams here in the area, uh, some high school teams that can't wait to see some of these uh, other teams that are coming out. So, coming up first, though, ESPN put out their list for the top NBA players for the upcoming season. We take a look at the top twenty, and we're going to nitpick it a little bit. Like uh, Zion Williamson is ranked ahead of Clay Thompson on this list, um, <laughs> and he has not played a single minute of the NBA. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But first, when we come back, we're in week six of the high school football season here in the Triad. We got some teams that are really really good. The top five. When we come back, next in the rundown. What's up, dog? Think about think about it. a party. Are we having a party? Yeah. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. I'm supposed to read a Dixie Classic Fairliner here, and I don't have it in front of me. If anybody in the studio has the Dixie Classic Fair thing in there, I'd greatly appreciate you running it into the studio. It's not on. It's it's like a separate thing. I gave it to Josh earlier in the week, and I don't know where he took it. So 
It might be over on the table. Anyway, this but is the Dixie, this is great radio, by the, the way. The, the, the Dixie Mark. Classic <laughs> Fair does start when? Next week? Uh, well, I'd be able to tell you if October, I had the copy. I October 4th through the 13th. There you go. Fair. October the 4th through it's the 13th. It's a lot of fun. Everyone go. And yeah, hey, yeah. Fun. Just make glowing remarks about the fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get you some cotton candy. Friends and the family. Fair. Go, bring go out there. Bring your kids. Bring your wife. Your girlfriend. <laughs> yep. Bring both of them. You know what I mean? What are they going to fry this year? Don't they fry something different? Oreos. Yeah, one time there was like... One time there was like a hamburger and the buns were replaced by Krispy Kreme yeah. donuts. Delicious. And, they, and they deep insane. fry them or something. Yeah. That yeah. sounds nuts. Leave like, your diet at home. <laughs> Come on out to the Dixie no Classic Fair, No vegan eaters here. I promise the Dixie Classic Fair folks, I will have that uh, for the second hour because I'm supposed to do it twice an hour. This is great radio, by the way. These are conversations <laughs> supposed to happen off uh, off the radio. And I realized that the music was coming back going. I'm like, oh, it's snap. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, all right. So let's move on to uh, high school football. Each week we do our top five countdown powered by SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. We had some interesting outcomes last night that set up some interesting uh, matchups for this upcoming week. So, Sawyer, if you don't mind, hit me with my top five. The number of the day scheduled to arrive. The number of the day is five. Top five. Top five. The number five. Five. Top five countdown powered by SportsCarolinaMonthly.com. We had some movement, a lot of movement in the uh, the countdown this week. We basically kind of had the same five schools in and out of there the first uh, four weeks of the season. That is no more because of a couple of upsets that happened last night. Let's uh, let's go ahead and start the countdown with five, and that would be the Dudley Panthers. They defeated South Iredale last night, forty to seven, to move to five and one overall in the season. Dudley, ever since they got curb stomped by West Forsyth first week of the season, they've been out here, you know, doing what we thought Dudley was going to do. I thought Dudley was going to be the best Guilford County school at the beginning of the year, and I think they're starting to prove that to be correct. Uh, although there is another Guilford County school out there that's ahead of them in the poll, so we'll see how they do going forward. Four. Number four, first appearance in the top five, the Reagan Raiders uh, out of Pofftown. They are 6-0. and They defeated Parkland last night, 28-6. to uh, We had that game as our game of the week here on Sports Hub Triad last night. Dave Pulaski and Drew Brackett on the call. Uh, Reagan, 6-0, and uh, led by quarterback Gabriel Hollingsworth. Watched him since freshman year, uh, like three years ago. We called a, a Reagan East Forsyth game three years ago out there when he was just starting. Uh, as their quarterback, he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, big, tall, wow, sturdy big quarterback. Kid. Yeah, he's he's really good. Reagan's really good. They're 6-0, and oh, and they are actually in the same conference as East Forsyth, so that's a showdown that's going to be a little bit later on in the year. Three. Number three is West Forsyth. Uh, they're still holding tight at, at number three, primarily because they were on a bye this week. They are 5-0. and oh. uh, They are going to take on Paige next week. Paige is having a, a down year. I think they're 1-5, if I'm not mistaken. They were on a bye last night also so West Forsyth holding down the number three spot two number two uh you, it, it was Reedsville um and every week we talk about what did Reedsville do this week well this week Reedsville lost uh Reedsville actually lost to East Surrey say that again 55 to 49 and a thriller um I watched some of these highlights last night on a uh, Friday football frenzy uh, over at Fox 8 and East Surrey, they're undefeated too, and they might stake a claim to be in this countdown themselves. Um, but they, uh, that dropped uh, that dropped Reedsville out of the top five, and in their place, number two this week is Grimsley, the Whirly, six and zero. Oh, they went way out to the east side of uh, I think Wake County last night to play Nightdale, and won forty-seven to thirty-three. Winners, Grimsley is out here uh, six and zero oh on the season. I think for the first time in forever. Um, 
that sets up a really huge matchup against our number one this Friday. One. That's the East Forsyth Eagles. They were on a bye this week. Also, they're five and zero. Oh. Uh, they're starting to catch their groove. Last week, Ty, well, yeah, last week Ty Lyles threw for over three hundred plus yards and four touchdowns as East Forsyth defeated. Um, I forgot who they beat down. Who did they play last week, uh, Ron? They played Paige. Paige, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so they beat beat Paige down. I mean, it was bad, but you know. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Um, it was homecoming. Yeah, they were supposed home- to. <laughs> it was homecoming for sure. Um, so that sets up next week in our top five poll: number one versus number two. East Forsyth, defending four A state champion, taking on Grimsley. It's the conference opener for both. They're both undefeated. East is on the road for this. They're going to Grimsley. We will have this game for you on Sports Hub. Try it on WSJS and streaming through the app and the website. Uh, Rod, if I'm not mistaken, you're going to be out that week. Brandon Blakeney's going to be doing the color commentating with me on that contest. Um, I can't pick the game because I'm calling it, but I expect a really good game. Grimsley has... Uh, How's the environment at Grims- Grimsley? Is oh, it hostile? Gr- oh, it'll be oh, good. Absolutely. Oh, they're expecting a, they're expecting a, like a Page versus Grimsley homecoming type of crowd over that's there for stadium. this game. Yeah. Oh, wow, so I can't imagine. it's going to be I, huge. What do you uh, think? I think it holds. It holds a lot. Six thousand. They usually run Page Grimsley there if it's if yeah. both teams are good because it's it, it can hold enough people. Mm-hmm. And and East for Sci fans travel. They will go out there. So I expect the visiting side to have a lot of East Forsyth fans over there. Grimsley's going to turn out with their fans. It's going to be like a playoff atmosphere over there. And it'll be a measuring stick for Grimsley to see where they are, to see if they're legit. And honestly, it'll be a measuring stick for East Forsyth too, because they, I guess Mount Tabor's the toughest team they've played so far this year. Parkland was kind of hyped as one when they saw him undefeated, but they didn't have Cammy and Shell, so it wasn't really exactly the same squad but what a huge opportunity for Grimsley yes Seriously. if Grimsley wow. if Grimsley can pull this off and beat East Forsyth then uh now you're talking about a, a different thing here because East has to be careful because next week after Grimsley they have West Forsyth, West Forsyth and that's, that's right. their big rival right now and West Forsyth is sitting there at 5 and 2 West Forsyth's playing Page so both teams have to be careful not to look past who they're playing but uh, if East Forsyth can get through this little gauntlet here, they got Grimsley this week on the road, then they got West Forsyth back in K Vegas, and then a couple weeks later, down late October, they've got Reagan, who's sitting out there in their conference, and they're undefeated. So it's not like East has got an easy schedule. They're they've got a gauntlet of games coming up here, and it starts this Friday, and we will be bringing them all to you here um, at the Sports Hub. Let me get through some of the other area scores here uh, real quick. Atkins lost to Four Bush last night, twenty-one to six. Winston-Salem Prep victorious over Cummings, 22-12 to is the final there. Uh, Carver, North Forsyth, they were actually the game of the week over on my 48. North Forsyth wins 18-14. to Mount Tabor wins over Ragsdale, 30-18 to was the final. Walkertown loses to North Surrey, 27-20. to Bartlett Yancey Sr. defeats Bishop McGinnis, 50-7. to Ledford winners over Thomasville, 27-12. to um, Just scrolling. Ben Smith loses to Wakefield, 43-0. to we told you the Reedsville score. East Surrey wins that that uh, shootout, fifty-five to forty-nine over Reedsville. Oak Grove is still undefeated. I might need to start thinking about putting them in this top five. They are winners over Central Davidson, forty-nine to seven. Shout out to Oak Grove. This is only their third year of existence, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Northern Guilford's continuing the win, forty-nine to zero over McMichael last night. Dudley defeated South Aradale, as I mentioned, forty to six. Southeast Guilford, big winners over Ashboro, fifty-one to twenty-one was the final there. Eastern Alamance beats Northeast Guilford 42 to 28. And High Point Christian beats Asheville School Independent 49 to 0. Is there a Western Guilford? 
I think they were on a bye. I didn't oh, okay. see uh been there. Winning this year. Uh Highland Springs defeated Page 39 to 7. And Southwestern Randolph loses to Southern Anima at 63 to 7. So those are your high school scores from last night. Uh this past week, ESPN put out their top NBA players list for the 2019-2000 season. Uh Giannis Antetokounmpo ended up being the number one ranked player with um LeBron James being number three. Do you guys have an issue with the ESPN top 100. Yeah, I do a little bit. <laughs> I got an issue with the whole list. Oh, I want all the crazy. smoke. This is why I put this in here. Only Let's issue go. I got. I got no issue with LeBron being three. But I do have an issue with Kawhi being two. Okay. Hit me. Why? He's top two, but he ain't two. Kawhi Leonard one? is number one in over, the league. Over Giannis? Over Giannis. Mm. And then LeBron, number two, I think. I don't care where you put him after that, but Kawhi is the best player in the league right now. Right now. I, you know, I agree. I, uh, right now, he is. I don't know, man. I think but without look Giannis. Out for LeBron this year. If Giannis can't shoot a jumper that well, Kawhi can literally do everything. He can defend. He blocked Giannis. He can shoot the three. He can do whatever he did he wants shut to Giannis do. down in the playoffs. That man won a championship in Toronto. He did do that. He dispelled this whole, you need three all-stars to win a uh, NBA championship. It was Kawhi and a lot of really good pieces. Um, and like Aaron said, he stopped in for one year in Toronto and won a championship. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. Now, well, I thought somebody once said that to be the man, you got to beat the man. Yeah. Isn't that what somebody once said? Well, LeBron so. wasn't available to be beat. because no. uh, well, That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. He and beat we're talking him. About, and he beat him. He beat well, him. And who we're talking about? Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Kawhi Leonard beat him? Well, yep, that, sure. that fade All away, right, uh, then he should shot. be number one. But none of them got a chance to really go against uh, Omar. You know what I'm saying? No one had a chance to play LeBron this year. LeBron well, just they, got They'll hurt, play him next year. They'll yeah, play him next year. I, I think LeBron is going to come out and be like, oh, okay, so I'm number three. I'm number three now. That, that's no, cool. All and, right, let me go out here and just destroy and, everything real quick. And you and I being Laker fans, we kinda, we're kind of we going to like it. that. Because Davis will. is in the top ten of this. So, oh. my, Where, Where's Curry on that? Curry, uh, six or seven, I think. He's is. in the top ten. Um, let me just run through the top ten real quick. Um, so number ten was Paul George. Number nine is Damian Lillard. Number eight, Joel Embiid. Number seven, Nikola Jokic. Jokic. I, I tell you what, I like know, watching him play. Give him credit. That I dude like can play the game. Play. Uh, number six, Steph Curry. Number five, Anthony Davis. Number four, James Harden. Number three, LeBron James. Number two, Kawhi Leonard. Number one, Giannis. Out of that top ten, I think just the top three are scrambled. They should be scr- they they should be in a different. I, I, I'm a, I gonna go with Kawhi number one. You know and, what? And I was never a fan of his. I'm gonna I saw I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this out there. Steph Curry's ranked too low. I'm I'm sick and tired of the dis- disrespect to Steph Curry, and no. a lot of it is his own doing because He's he stepped to the side to let Kevin Durant come into Golden State, and they got two titles out of it, but. People forget, man. Steph Curry is a bad dude. Like he's, a he, bad dude. he's in his prime right now. Can you believe they got him at what you say, six or seven? Yeah, that, number six. So okay. he should be ranked ahead of James Harden. Yeah, no, well, uh, yeah, I think he absolutely should be ranked ahead of James Harden at the number five spot. Anthony Davis, and nothing, I think he should be ranked ahead of him too. What has Anthony Davis done as far exactly. as James Harden disappears in the playoffs? We've seen it now for the past yeah, three seasons yeah. in a row. He can score thirty-five points a game during the regular season, and as soon as the playoffs get here. He's missing everything, and I don't respect that. Those whistles are different in the playoffs. That, it don't matter. He ain't getting touched anyway. He gets, he gets more whistle step, calls. He's taking a triple step back to shoot this three or whatever, and like he's not hitting it. Like he doesn't hit big shots. I've seen Steph Curry, and he hit doesn't make his team better. big shots. Like always for Absolutely. eight years, Steph Curry's been hitting shots in people's eye holes, like just everywhere, half court, off the court. 
40 feet away. Like it's it's he has changed the range of what three point shooters shoot. Like Damian Lillard would have never shot that three pointer against Oklahoma City last year to end their series if Steph Curry had not made it vogue to shoot 40 foot three pointers exactly. or whatever. Okay. Like cuz you changed the game. Cuz you've always said it. He has changed the game and he's number, you know, no, Six. He, he's in the top 5 at he least. He should be he should be where he should be number 4. He should be where James Harden is sitting. Yeah. And then push everything down one. Like Harden should be 5. Davis should be six. I'm happy with that. But Steph at six is disrespect to me for, I mean, he's the only uh, unanimous MVP player in league history that's had Shaq and Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain and Larry Bird and people in it. Steph's the only one that's won it yep. with all the votes. <laughs> he's that. the only yep. one. And, and, he got and maybe number six. they're just basing it off the performance, overall performance of everyone last year. And like you said, he stepped, he took a step back. He took a step for back. Karen. For Kevin Durant, so and, and that looks like it is maybe with, that's with Giannis the way it is being number one because he was the MVP of the league and all that. But, Golden, um, Golden State is mm. still considered a playoff team after losing Kevin Durant because they have Steph Curry, mm-hmm. Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. Eventually, when Clay Durant, well, when Clay Thompson comes back, that's still a top four team in the West to me. I think so too. When and, Clay comes back, and I am excited. I, the NBA is right around the corner. Well, they're probably it's a top to four go. team even without Clay, to be honest. They might be. You know, that, they might be. Like, speaking I think of, Steph's going to have an MVP type year. Speaking of Clay, they had him ranked like what, 42, 49? Uh, let me go find it because that was another thing because Zion Williamson ridiculous. was ranked ahead of him. And, uh, that's my, totally my question, though, it was based on this season. Was Kevin Durant on the list? I heard he was like really high. Did they take him off? Because I went and looked at it. I didn't see Kevin Durant. He's not on the list at all. They don't have him on the list. I did see him. I For did hear shoot. he was on yeah. the list previously, but I guess he did, did get taken off. But Yeah. they. I think last year he was number two. LeBron, this is the first time LeBron hasn't been number one since the 2011-12 season. He wasn't the best player, man. No, that's I mean, okay. And that's crazy because if you look at his stats, they don't really like it. He, he was actually having a pretty good year. He just only played three quarters of the season. Yeah, Does he just didn't make it to the playoffs. Explain- how they came up with this list is it? They never explain these they things. Nah, it, it kind of yeah, has a little bit. Kinda, of, yeah. They leave it well, up to uh, us yeah. to argue. There's this thing called this. RPM wins. I don't know exactly what it is, but they have it listed for each real plus minus, and I guess they use that to kind of figure out who's Paul George is number one in that category. Actually, I, I'm not going to sit and try to explain it to people because I don't know myself <laughs> like what it means. But I'm trying to figure out where uh, where was uh, Zion ranked here? Let me go into the. I think it was 42. 42. Okay, so Clay Thompson's ranked 49. Yeah, 49. I think Zion's uh, 42. He was ranked number 18 last year. Why is why – is, Well, he's hurt. He's going to be out more than half the season. Oh, so it's kind of like the way the NFL I think top that's 100 what it's is? Doing. Okay, so yeah. it's projecting – okay, now it makes sense. It's like um, how is that person going to, on their team, like impact their team? And I think – I mean, I, I thought Kevin Durant, I had heard that he was like top 20 still, even with the injury. And no, I guess I think, with the, with, I think with the, he's going to miss the whole with year. With the injury, so. like I'm kind of okay with Clay being. I don't know about 49, but there's some names in here. Definitely that, higher. There's some names here. I totally forgot. So I forgot where, Kevin Love still playing. Oh my god, <laughs> he's he's number 43. Where's Westbrook? I think Westbrook is like he's he's, he's low, a, like like 11, 12, 13. Yeah, I think he just Kim, missed the top yeah, 10. Kim Walker, Kim Walker got 16, I think, something like that. Did you see uh, right. D'Antonio is already making a statement that uh, Westbrook and Harden are going to. Like uh, what? Rotate minutes until crunch time. Mm-hmm. I, 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 why would he say that right now? Because he's a moron. That. That's what I mean. <laughs> he's a moron. I'm like, not a fan. I, I, I'm I not just a don't think he's fan. that good. A, I don't think he's a good coach. No, he's he's failed upwards his entire career. Hmm. I mean, I he literally. Felt- I mean, he's he's literally. Where was he? He was um, the Suns had a mm-hmm. squad of Mari, uh, Steve Nash. They couldn't get past those Laker teams mm-hmm. with Kobe. 
Then he went to the Lakers. Then he well before that he went to the Knicks. Remember he was at the oh, Knicks. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he, he did. Had, and he, he had uh, Carmelo Anthony. He had a playoff team in in New York. Uh, with Stoudemire was there. Mm-hmm. He had Carmelo Anthony and stuff. Uh, and then they started losing. He gets fired. He goes to L.A. He's there for a couple years. Kobe, that was Kobe, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, those guys. And he stayed as long as he did there because Kobe liked him. Yeah, and then he got fired. Well, they claim he left, but he really got fired. He goes to Houston after that. So it's like he's never really – he's never been in the NBA Finals. He's never had like the, that squad where he's like, oh, yeah, they definitely should win. He just seems like he just gets by with not playing defense and just – He throws the ball out <laughs> and says, go ahead, boys. Yeah, just go ahead and score as much as – of course Kobe's going to like him. Yeah, you know, I want you all to score 130 <laughs> points. <laughs> You're going to shoot 50 shots tonight, Kobe. How does that make you feel? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the ball. I got this. Um, I'm just looking through some of these other names here. Christoph Porzingis hasn't played in like two seasons. He's ranked number 34. Boy, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see how he comes back with Dallas with uh, Luca because that, that, that's going to be a nice one-two punch. Kristaps is looking big too. I saw a picture from recently. He bulked up big time. Yeah, he looks Look like a, he looks like a center. He is a talent. Be interesting. He, is he looks like a talent. Chris Paul's ranked 32. I forgot he's kind of in purgatory. They shipped him to Oklahoma City, and everybody forgot about him because he never got moved again. So he's playing for the Thunder this Oklahoma year. Oklahoma City, no one. Wow, <laughs> he's how do you, with nobody? How do you guys feel else. about? I think I saw like CJ McCollum. He's like ten or eleven. Like he's up there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, check check the lower. Oh, let me go lower to the 10. lower teams. I think CJ yeah. definitely is above. So CJ's above Clay Thompson, right? Are that's, you kidding? That's me? what I'm saying. Like Clay, I understand well, like he's hurt because oh, everything, wait, but because Clay's he's not. not play well, well, no, okay. he's going to help you back around March, April. Yeah. Is what they're saying, but yeah, that was my thing. Like even with that, I still would have put. Uh, I think I would have put him ahead of some of these other guys. Um, Clay has been disrespected his whole career. He Kyrie really Irving's number eleven. Uh, Westbrook's twelve. McCollum's thirteen. Yeah, he's he's up there. I don't wow. know if I agree with that. I don't know if I do either. Um, I mean, he's a good player. 12. Rudy yes. Gobert's 14. Huh. Ben Simmons, 15. Doncic is 16. Ben Simmons has been working on his jump shot. Kimball Walker, 17. I'll really, you. I'll believe that when I see it. Um, I'm telling you, he has. <laughs> Carl he, Anthony he's Towns He's got a pretty nice fadeaway jumper. Yo, I think Carl Anthony Towns is one of the uh, the singers on The Masked Singer. Oh, really? Someone said he, Oladipo's one. I, Everyone's it's, saying it's a, There's two guys that I think are basketball players. There's one called Thingamaj- uh, do you Have y'all watched the show before? I watched it for the first time okay. last week. You know Ninja the streamer? Yeah. I literally turned it on. I was like, wait, this is so ironic because <laughs> I know this guy and it's the only oh, person that's the I know. Guy. Yeah, that's the one that yeah. uh, got revealed this past week. It's a weirdly addictive show that ends with nothing. It's like a competition <laughs> where stars and celebrities and athletes, they're wearing these outfits and they're singing basically karaoke. And the judges, who are the most worthless panel in the history of reality television, because they don't really do anything, they're like, well, it could be this person, it could be that person, and they don't really have – they have a vote just like everybody else in the audience, and, they, and you pick who gets to stay. They Rodney, have like a, they a sing-off. They are costumed up. Like you can't you tell who it is. And their voices are disguised. Really? Last year, the first person that got voted off was Antonio Brown. And they had filmed it in the summer, but when it came on the air – it was during the same week that Antonio Brown was having issues with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin. So it just timed up right the way it came on. So we were, me and Josh started watching. We've been hooked like ever since. And they came back for season two. There's a guy that's like 6'9, six, 6'10. Six, he's called Thingamajig. And he's wearing this, he looks like a Muppet, but he looks real tall. He looks like a basketball player. And he sang really, really well. And I was going through my head. I'm like, who is in the NBA that's 6'9, six, 6'10 six, that kind of sounds like that that I wouldn't be thinking of? And and Carl Anthony Towns is the first name that popped in my head. But looking at this picture of Carl Anthony Towns, he looks a little bit thicker than the guy that was singing. He almost had a build like Kevin Garnett, like 
kind of skinny, but you could tell he's a ball player the way he walked and whatever. Maybe it's Kevin Garnett. It might be Kevin it Garnett. Be. I've never heard Kevin Garnett sing before, and this guy could sing. He could. He I mean, now soulful. he's acting. So you saw that new movie. Yeah, that's right. He's acting. <laughs> so I don't know, but it, but definitely at the end though, you don't you win and you get nothing. Like if you're the winner. You don't get a trophy. You don't get like a necklace or like really? or t shirt. Nothing. It's just like it ends. It's just over. And then because T Pain won last year, and we kind of picked him about three four weeks in, and at the end we're like, well, what does he get? And he gets nothing. Now, I do have a, I do have <laughs> a question game. though. How does it work? Because I literally I'm telling you I watched the last twenty minutes. Does it work <laughs> as if like whoever's the best singer moves on? Like yeah, well, what if so you, what if you like kind of know who they are week one? It's like you have to wait for them to get all the way to the end. Right. So like we kind of me and my wife picked T Pain out like week two of last year. It was like that sounds like T Pain because we had heard him sing without autotune before, but a lot of people hadn't. Usually, what they do is they they match up. There's 16 of them and they match them up in these pairs and they 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 sing against each other and then the audience picks which one's better. The loser goes to this shoot off or shoot showdown against the other losers, and then they pick whoever the uh, the loser is, and then they have to unmask and whoever it is. So last week it was some dude named Ninja that Sawyer knows. He's a streamer, and um, uh, I think it was a figure skater or somebody. Both guys, I didn't know who the hell they were. But um, sorry, I, I just hijacked my own segment. We're way past break, and um, <laughs> I'm here to talk about Mass Singer. <laughs> Sawyer's taking phone calls, probably about the Mass Singer right now. Let's take a break. Come back. Uh, we need to call Kevin Avery. He's from the Four Man Rush podcast because the Panthers have a 1 p.m. Sunday kickoff tomorrow against the Texans. We'll go over keys to the game, look at premier games around the NFL and more. Avery from the Four Man Rush. We'll talk about the Houston defense and Kyle Allen and the Panthers offense too. Panthers talk next on the rundown. Shut up. Shut up. Sit down. Are you ready? Stand by. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. That's right. That's right. The Dixie Classic Fair at the Winston-Salem Fairgrounds, October the 4th through the 13th, celebrating its 137th year. Are you a fair foodie? Turkey legs, candy apples, donuts, and more. Show us with hashtag, hashtag, how do you fare? And visit dcfair.com today. Fireworks, rods, and food nightly. Uh, I'm sure my kiddos will be asking me to take them to the fair very soon um it's fair time it's fair time i you know my wife loves the the corn joints and uh the apples and all that good stuff so we'll go and eat and have a good time there the question is will the weather change has the fair because usually when i think about the fair right now i think about it getting (laughs) cooler and you have to put on a little jacket at nighttime this is uh yeah this is uh october 4th through the 13th so yeah it comes in next weekend it is going to cool down into the 70s there you go fair weather um twitter poll update from aaron real quick here uh aaron what's our twitter poll uh update this uh you had a boxing question up today yeah twitter poll question today is centered around tonight's uh, welterweight unification championship bout between one Errol Spence Jr. and Sean Porter. And according to our listening public, 60% believe Errol Spence Jr. will leave the uh, IBF and WBC welterweight champion of the world tonight. All right. And um, we have uh, online with us now. Join us on the rundown. He's a member of the Four Man Rush podcast, a popular podcast dedicated to extensive, extensive coverage of the Carolina Panthers. You can find the brand on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at thefourmanrush.com. That is the the number four manrush.com. Kevin Avery now joins us on the rundown. Kevin, what's going on, brother? How you doing this morning? 
What's going on, Dad? How you feeling today? Doing good, doing good. Uh, Panthers taking on the Houston Texans tomorrow, 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. First question out the gate. Can Kyle Allen duplicate the performance he had last week versus Arizona? As with any quarterback, I mean, the formula is true. I know it's redundant, but at the end of the day, a quarterback can be as effective as the blocking that's in front of him. And one of the things that I feel like with the changes on the offensive line, because there are some due to injury, the uh, Houston Texans' defensive front is their strength. Uh, they have about four or five players that's in their defensive front that are playing at an extremely high level. If you were to base it off the uh, rating of pro football focus, of course, that's always subjective. We've had our ups and downs with that, but take it as, as it may. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that there's opportunities for Cal Allen with sufficient blocking to take advantage of the uh, youth and inexperience in the uh, back seven of the Houston Texans. I, I definitely see tight end being an area that can really exploit the linebacker matchups um, as well. So anybody starting Greg Olson on fantasy might want to put him in. But definitely there's opportunities uh, to be made and – I can see this being another balanced attack with strong rushing and uh, passing being done with uh, Carolina leading the way. Now, uh, I've got uh, Kevin Avery on the line from the four-man rush. And um, I was actually really impressed with the uh, Panthers' defense really all season long. And we were just looking it up here. Carolina is actually ranked number four overall in total defense and yards allowed right now um, with only with under 300 yards per contest. Do you think the Panthers' defense can win this game for Carolina? Uh, the Panthers' defense is capable of winning this game. To be honest with you, the Houston Texans' offensive line really isn't that much better than what we saw at Arizona. I mean, the left tackle that they traded from Miami, uh, Turnsil, uh, he's yeah, battling Turnsil. not only ankle injury but a toe injury as well. So he's seeking a strong dose of uh, Brian Spider-Man Burns um, coming off the edge and putting ghost tricks on him to get to uh, Deshaun Watson. But you know, just give you some insight into that fourth ranking. You know, you have to dig deeper. We're 24th in stopping a run. We're giving up about 129 yards rushing, which is highly uncharacteristic for a run reverse defense. Yeah, it is. So that is something that we can definitely address. Um, Houston only ran for 39 yards on 19 carries last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. So we got a chance to really improve our ranking uh, versus letting them exploit that on their end. So. I definitely think the defense can uh, only apply pressure, stop the run, and harass Watson all day. We've got Kevin Avery with us here from the four-man rush, chopping up the Panthers' upcoming contest against the Houston Texans tomorrow at 1 p.m. That kickoff will be on Fox. Um, did you get a chance to check out the Cam Newton video that he dropped uh, last night, Kev? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I got the notification because I subscribed, so I just happened to be on one of my breaks at work. I Put in a 13-hour day yesterday. Lord help me. Uh, my daughter, she's making A's and B's from spending money. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> she wanted a $200 pair of Jordan Retro 12s. I'm like, girl, all right, fine, whatever. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hey, Kevin, this is Rod Funderburg. You thinking about adopting any more kids? I got my hand up here, buddy. Hey, you want some Jordans? See, what had happened was. <laughs> but, uh, no, but no, seriously, I mean, with the Cam Newton video, how surprised are you that Cam was so candid because he basically admitted that he was playing hurt and pretty much lying to the coaching staff about the situation. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? And how do you think the team 
clearly the teammates probably knew that something was off with Cam, but how do you think that's going to uh, play in the, the Panther locker room? Well, as far as the Cam Newton video itself, I applaud Cam Newton. How many NFL, not only just players, but superstars can come out publicly and admit uh, not only that they were essentially lying, but they were putting themselves above the team for out of a competitive nature and to really put it out there like that. Of course, you know, people always want to talk about the fluff. Oh, he was drinking wine or smoking a cigar and all that other, you know, feces that come out people's mouths. But essentially, I mean, I like the fact that Cam was just being open and honest. You know, we know Cam Newton has been an extremely competitive player from day one. I can understand him saying he needed to see if 80% of Cam Newton is enough to win, and he realized it wasn't. Now, like the rest of the fans, I hate that we had to wait two regular season losses to find that out, but everything happens for a reason. I think the locker room probably noticed some things, but you know, everybody has pain. Everybody plays with pain, so only you can determine what is effective. And when he said he did not think he could get one yard yeah. against Tampa on that fourth down, and that's why they audible to that play to McCaffrey, that's all I needed to know. I mean, the guy, you know, if he can't be who he is, then I applaud him for, for making them the video and, and giving clarity because a lot of people throwing Ron Rivera and the coaching staff and the front office under the bus. Oh, they made him play and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, yeah. that's just how the nature of the social media world is now. I kind of feel that way too. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm impressed that he put this out and I'm happy that he stepped aside when he did. Cause we all know Cam Newton Cam probably would have tried to play last week on the same foot and this week too, until he just couldn't go out there anymore. But the fact that I think he's matured to the point where he realized that he was starting to hurt the team, the two losses this team has, they lost it by a combined, what, like seven points, eight points, something crazy like that. So it's not like this is a bottom tier team. They just missed a couple of opportunities. I sound like Ron Rivera. They missed a couple of opportunities to <laughs> to actually win the first two games and let those two home games slip, but they have a chance to right the ship by winning their first two road games, going to Houston and taking on uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Now, the Texans typically have a good defense, but right now they're actually ranked pretty low. They're in the 20s, if I'm not mistaken, in total defense. Uh, it looks like there's going to be some opportunities for – uh, the Panthers to make some noise here. Kev, give us a player that might have a breakout game on Sunday for Carolina, either on the offensive side or the defensive side of the ball. Okay, I could quickly give you uh, one of each, you know, to uh, you know provide a little parity here. As far as the offensive side, uh, as far as a breakout goes, I, I really see this being an opportunity for Curtis to Samuel to have that wild boom game. I mean, literally the first three games, when you go back and watch the All-22 film, it's, it's crazy how quickly and how deep he's getting open um, running these routes. His route running has came a long way. So I see Curtis Samuel is having that big statement game. Question I had just mentioned Greg Olson prior to that in the other question that you asked earlier. But uh, officially, I would say Curtis Samuel. And from a defensive uh, point of view, even though Bruce Irvin is coming back to finally play this week, I see this being a game that – Secret safety play from Eric Reed. I'm about there and say Eric Reed will be an impact player on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, his brother, younger brother Justin, plays for Texans. But I think um, Eric Reed is due for a statement game as well. And based on the Texans' offensive scheme, he's going to have a chance to really make impact plays in both the running 
and the passing game. So those are my two guys. Carolina's 2-2 two and two all-time against the Texans, the, the team the Panthers have played the fewest times in franchise history. The Panthers are 2-0 and oh against the Texans in the Ron Rivera era, winning at home in 2015 and in Houston in 2011. Kev, do you have a pick for the game? Yeah, I got a pick for the game. Plus, it's going to always sound biased because I'm a Panthers fan. But seriously, you know, when I look at, you know, with the changes and – Trey Turner has been ruled out, so Darrell Williams is likely going to be at right guard with him being a right-handed player. I expect him to have a bounce back. So uh, with an offensive line that I think would do well enough to neutralize this front, I got the score being Carolina 31, uh, Houston 20. I, I feel like that the game will be a tight first half, something like 17-13. Uh, we go in and make them halftime adjustments, and uh, we took this win away and bring it on back to Charlotte. All right, and uh, Kev, uh, like we always do, let the uh... – let the Panther fans know where they can get to the four-man rush online. Uh, you guys do an excellent job in terms of weekly podcasts, uh, coaches' film breakdown, analysis, and more. So uh, let the uh, the fine Panther folks out there know where they can get to your stuff online. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, As usual, you can go to our website, V-T-H-E, the number four, man, M-A-N, rush, R-U-S-H dot com. Uh, you can also, and from there, you can like us on Facebook, uh, YouTube, check it out. Will Harris does great video breakdowns there. Instagram, um, also Twitter. And we recently been added to Spotify and iTunes along with Podbean. So you can check out our our uh, weekly podcast there that drops every Thursday. And uh, shout out to my Foreman Rush um, business partners and staff behind the scenes. They make it all possible. And uh, that Foreman Rush apparel is uh, getting ready to come out soon as well. So we keep posting. Yeah, yeah, definitely keep me posted on that. I want a T-shirt or something, so uh, definitely we'll, we'll <laughs> shop that up. That's uh, Kevin Avery from the Four Man Rush. We appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right, Dez, I have a good day. Take care, fellas. So, uh, guys, real quick um, roundtable discussion on the Panthers and the Texans. I, I liked what I saw from Kyle Allen last week, uh, although I've tried to temper it a bit because Arizona has the worst passing defense in the league. But uh, I like the touch he had on some of his throws. Christian McCaffrey got off. The defense had a field day uh, against Arizona. They Kyler Murray looked very uncomfortable the entire afternoon. Looked like a rookie. He did, and he was coached by a rookie coach in Cliff Kingsbury. You want to talk about somebody failing upwards? Kingsbury, he had a losing record at Texas Tech, and yes, then ended up getting a head coaching job in the NFL. Yeah. So how does that work? Yeah, how it's, does that? Work? I mean, who Let's start right it's there? A great what? Country, who it's does a he have? Country hey, we live in. Who does he have dirt on? Is right. the question. So, somebody knows somebody about something, and that I don't he knows. Know. He knows where all you the bodies the are saying, buried. You know, he got it with his looks. I think he got it with his looks. He's supposed to be the best looking. They say coach he's a very attractive man for sure. That's what they say. They uh, <laughs> now uh, some facts about this game. Carolina's defense ranks fourth in the league in net yards allowed. The pass defense is second in the league with only 295 uh, in the air allowed per contest, which is a flip because normally Carolina's defense is, is run defense dominated and the secondary is an issue. I, I thought the secondary was going to be a weakness, but right now they're actually really balling out. I have not heard on uh, Dante Jackson if he's actually going to be playing or not. He's listed as questionable with a groin injury, and that could be a big problem having to go up against DeAndre Hopkins and uh, and Houston. Um DeAndre Hopkins leads the Texans with 19 catches so far on the season. Houston has four players that hail from Clemson and another two from South Carolina. So uh, very interesting here. Well, with it only being game four of the season, I think it's a turning point for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Yeah. Because if they go into Houston and win that game, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking next Saturday with a whole different type 
their attitude two toward and two the Panthers. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and welcoming a Jacksonville squad in that's kind of crumbling apart it's a little huge. bit. So it, it could, is big. I could see them getting a four and two. They win this game Sunday. They have Jacksonville at home, and then they go to London to play Tampa Bay, which was a team that I felt like they should have beat Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay let them go up and down the field. They just couldn't score touchdowns. And now, looking back on it, maybe some of that was because Cam Newton was out there, which is weird to say. But Tampa Bay lost to Daniel Jones in the New York exactly. Giants. Exactly. So that that uh, we haven't talked about Daniel Jones yet. I mean, I was about to say four touchdown. You know, That's pretty impressive. I Daniel mean, Jones is looking pretty good. Is he uh, is he the next Pat Mahomes? Daniel Jones? Is that what? Ah! Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Ah! Daniel Jones. He's oh out there killing goodness. it, man. He's doing his thing in the Big Apple. Yeah, but back to the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> what do man. we have? Go, go ahead, Rod. <laughs> Look, oh, tomorrow at one o'clock down in Houston, Texas, which is a beautiful place to be, by the way. I love Houston, Texas. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, Texans is Houston's awesome. You'll love it. Trust me. But the the Panthers will need to play Kyle Murray in the beginning. I mean, not Kyle oh, Murray. Yeah, oh, uh, Deshaun Watson. Allen, Kyle oh, Allen. Kyle Allen, I'm yeah. sorry. They will need to give him some easy passes, and I don't think they should run the ball in the beginning because I believe the Texans' defense is going to be keying in on McCaffrey because I think their mindset is going to be, we're going to stop McCaffrey first and force Kyle Allen to beat us. But if they can get Kyle Allen some passes, some easy passes, maybe over to Olsen, the other tight end, or some crossing routes that are easy, it'll back that defense up and allow McCaffrey to be able to get into the ball game. And then I think if they can do that and rearrange some stuff, I think the Panthers have a great chance of going into Houston and stealing one out of there. They, they got to protect Kyle Allen. If he's yeah. protected, he'll be just fine because I've never seen – I watched that whole game, and he was just so relaxed out there. He, he was. Really is he really was. He looked very calm. Yeah. Yes. I didn't realize uh, 2014, the top high school uh, players in the country, uh, Deshaun Watson was number one, Kyle Allen was number yeah. two, Will Greer was number three. Wow. So uh, in terms of quarterback rankings coming out of high school. So there's some talent that's going to be out there today. Um, we got enough time to squeeze it in. We didn't do hot takes last week. Let's try to squeeze in, run down hot takes here. Hot takes? Uh, hot takes, which is, uh, now this is a little bit different than Let's Get Crazy if you're used to that on Mondays uh, on the drive. What we do on Saturday is basically each person will give one hot take on something they saw this week or a prediction on what will happen going forward in sports. And this includes Sawyer and Aaron as well. Um, let's let's try to get this squeezed in here. Run down hot takes on the rundown. You're listening to The Rundown. Hot. Take hot. Take hot. Take hot, hot, hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you, park it like it's hot. With Desmond Johnson. All right, let's uh, get this thing started. Anybody want to go first? I'll start it off. Go I'll ahead, Johnny. I'll start it off, and I'm going to go by the rules this time. Oh, no. Johnny's following up. rules? He says that every week. But <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's hear him first, and we'll, we'll see it's if actually. It's a hot take, though. And, All right. and, and I'm going to go the baseball route. Seeing that ah, we have I not thought you might baseball. bring a little We're baseball in the here. playoff yeah. time, and the playoffs start next week, and it's going to be an exciting, very exciting Major League Baseball season. Even though my Boston Red Sox are not in it this year, but we're still sitting as world champions until someone else is crowned. But here's my hot take. The Minnesota Twins will win the American League championship and go to the World Series. The Minnesota Twins? The Minnesota Twins. Absolutely. They have had a tremendous season. They're they're hitting they're tied with the Yankees with the most home runs ever in the history of baseball, like over three hundred home runs as a team. Um I halfway through the season I said, Oh no, Minnesota's gonna falter, but they have not and they are for real. Look out for the twins. Wait, hold on. Aren't- 
Aren't the Astros in the American League? Yes, they are. So you're saying they're going to beat the Astros? I, it's a hot take. That's what he just <laughs> said. Hot take. Just That's why I asked him. I said the Minnesota like, wow. Twins. And so was, are the New York. That's pretty good. I like so that. So are the New York Yankees. That, yeah, I was about to say. The Thank Yankees you. are in the American League, too. Hot right? take wow. you wanted. Okay. <laughs> He's coming here with some heat. Some fire. Uh, Rod. <laughs> I don't know if this is a hot take or what you call it, but. Antonio Brown plays in the NFL before the month of October is up. Really? Damn! Who are you thinking is going to pick him up? Honestly? Yeah. The oh, Dallas don't, Cowboys. Don't say oh, it. I, we said no. it last week, and I was like, I thought about it all week. I was like, yeah, I can still see that happening. But and it's the first time the Cowboys have been mentioned this whole show. They've it been is. playing so well. Are you sure? Are you sure you want dude, to do that to them? Like, dude. disrupt. It, uh, he would not disrupt them and Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones will pay you, but he'll we let you go, he too. We said no. he wouldn't disrupt the Patriots. He'll let you go, too. <laughs> that hot take would make Stephen A. Smith so happy because it would disrupt it would. the Cowboys. And I don't think it would. I don't think he really disrupted the Patriots, though. Yeah, I don't think he, he disrupted well, yeah, the Patriots. He yeah, yeah. He disrupt, and got out. Yeah, he disrupted yeah. himself. He came in for yeah. a week, mate. Did he even get paid for that week? Did yeah, we he got $188,000. Oh, so that's all gone already. <laughs> He's already spent all that. <laughs> Probably at Harris Teeter or something. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, our Carolina Panthers here and Kyle Allen. I'm looking at their schedule. Kyle Allen's gonna be undefeated by the time Cam Newton is able to play. Damn! And by that I mean he's gonna go six and zero. Oh. So what I just heard you say and I'm not was Cam Newton is not coming back. Yeah. No, that's what that's what I just no. heard. <laughs> Cam will be back. I think Cam will be ready to play uh, by week eight, week nine. Yeah, but what I just heard you say, if he's ready to play by week eight or week nine, and Kyle is six and zero, oh, there is no reason. Did you put Cam Newton in? To, yeah, exactly. There is no reason to put Cam Newton in. Wow. That's what that's what I heard. <laughs> Yeah, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> no, you're saying that's what I heard. So y'all yeah, are saying, if, that's what so y'all saying if this happens, you're saying that Cam Newton would lose his starting start if, spot. If yes. Kyle Allen is six and zero, oh I don't think into they, that. But it would be, but it would be a soft loss. What it would be is. We're just going to give Cam another week to rest again. Wait, wait hold on. Sorry. And, wait, and wait, if he wait, wins again, wait, wait, wait. we're going to give wait, wait, wait. Cam I'm another sorry. week to rest. The control rest. room is super got, mad at me right now because this <laughs> was one of their questions for odds and ends at the I end of the show. I have it written down right here. <laughs> oh, uh, no. You ready? Yeah. Well, well, no, no, if Kyle Allen performs greatly, what do you do when Cam is healthy? Okay, so and now we're, we're, we're so we're going to pin we're that. We're going to pause it. We're yeah, we're going to pin it. We're going to save that for odds and ends because we still got another segment before that to even get to. Let's Let's take a break. When we come back, I got a question I was thinking about while I was sitting on the couch yesterday. After three weeks of action, what is the Super Bowl matchup that you would want to see this season today, right now, off of seeing only three weeks of football? We're going to talk about that real quick and hopefully not hit any more uh, questions that are going to be in odds and ends <laughs> next when we come back from the rundown. Sorry. Pop your hands and stomp your feet. Yeah! It's going to be one big party. Yeah, I'm on. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. A lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, college football is going to be kicking off here in about 15, 20 minutes or so. You are locked into the rundown. Desmond Johnson, John Oshevsky, Rod Funderburk in the house. And uh, just super quick, this thought crossed my mind yesterday while I was putting the show together. We've had three weeks of action in uh, NFL right now. Week four is about to take off uh, here tomorrow. What is the Super Bowl matchup that you would want to see this season? Not the two best teams that you think after three weeks, but just two teams that would provide a really entertaining Super Bowl for you, 
Uh, let's start with Rod. What would be the Super Bowl matchup that you would want to see this year? The big time matchup I would like to see would be Aaron Gabriel and Rod Funderburk in the ring together. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Dallas Cowboys. That ain't bad. I like that one. That's, so a rematch of okay. what Super Bowl five, I think it was. So yeah. uh, be pretty interesting. Yeah. Mahomes versus Dak Prescott. Yeah, you got yeah. some you got some names there. Uh, that's pretty good. I tell you what, Aaron's going to be liking uh, us over here in the studio. Oh, man, you picked them too? I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs, who are very exciting to watch. Patrick Mahomes, I got to go with Aaron, man. This Mahomes is a stud. Oh, stop it. He's the Michael (laughs) Jordan of the NFL right now. He's spectacular against the L.A. Rams. I like the L.A. Rams. There's no Super Bowl hangover by them. They will be in there. Two offensive, ex- very explosive teams. Uh, the Rams have a little better defense than KC, but I'm, you know, I would love to see that game. And I'm, I'm thinking 38-31. I am ashamed. At, I'm ashamed at both of you. Neither one of you put an opportunity to see the Evil Empire get put in their place. Because we all know who's going to be in the oh, Super they're Bowl. Gonna, well, <laughs> like, we all know Yeah, this. but that ain't what you it, asked us. Every, <laughs> year we, every year we wish this doesn't happen. Yeah, but that's not what you asked us. Well, now I'm at a point where it's like, I want to see them get beat in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I got, I've got Cowboys versus Patriots. Ooh. That would be the biggest game the NFL could possibly ask for this year. Uh, you know they'll when Dallas is there. Patriots would be – you'd put America in a situation where they'd have to root for either the Patriots oh, yeah. or the Cowboys. Think about that. That'd you be know, a lot of money generated, too. There'd be too. a lot of money generated off that game. And, and where's the Super Bowl? In Miami, I It's think. in Miami. Wow. J-Lo oh. and Shakira, the halftime yeah. show. Oh, I might have to go down there. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Maybe it's we put together a little rundown trip oh, down there. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. I'd have to run that past the wife. I don't think she'd approve that. Uh, bring her <laughs> along. Bring her along. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about that. We'll see what, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. So I, I got Cowboys Patriots as it stands right now. We'll do this throughout the season, like in three or four week chunks. We'll be like, okay, week eight, who do you think should be? Week twelve, who you think should be? Yeah. And we'll just kind of see if it changes throughout. Um, we didn't get a chance to do this. No, we did do this last week. Uh, so the segment's taking the triad by storm. One minute with Aaron. I have no idea what he's going to talk about in this segment. We, we kind of like it that way, although it's uh, probably the most frightening part of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go ahead and get it started. One minute with Aaron. What's happening? What's happening? We'll get this thing cracking. So this week, the NBA notified teams that they must certify and submit the precise height and age for every player uh, within the first week of training camp. So that got me to think, what are some of the most egregious uh, discrepancies between height and age in NBA players? I got some facts right here for you. Ready for these facts? I'm ready. All right. So Steph Curry is listed at six foot three. He's actually five foot two. Uh, KD listed wow. at six foot nine. He's seven foot. He's listed at age thirty. He's actually forty. <laughs> Draymond Green listed at six foot seven, age twenty nine. He's actually just six feet tall, age forty five. <laughs> Zion Williamson oh, listed at six foot seven. He's actually six foot four. He's age twenty seven. <laughs> Bo Bowl is actually eight feet tall. He's only seventeen years old. Alice Caruso of the Lakers listed at uh, six foot nine. He's only six foot five, actually. He's age 30. Alex Caruso. <laughs> Alex Caruso. Giannis listed at 6'11. He's actually just 6'9. He's also 33 years old. <laughs> Why are they all lying about their age? <laughs> Scotty Pippen is not spelled S C O T T I E. It's actually spelled S C O T T Y. Facts here, people. Facts. Lonzo Ball is listed at six foot six, but he had to take his big baller brand shoes off. 
He's actually only six feet tall. <laughs> I feel bad for him now, too. Because remember, he gave up Nike money to do the big baller brand? He did. He, he probably thinks about that every day. Did y'all see that clip of Lamar just going into him the other no, day? No, I heard I about did. it. Damn, it's good, boy. <laughs> damn, it's good. You call your son damn, it's good. I saw Lamelo yeah. might be the number one ranked. Uh, Can you believe that? He's number one ranked player. Into a player. He might get drafted number one next year, which Lamello. is nuts yes. to me. Well, he's grown right. to six seven. God, so, he I mean, sprouted up. Nice, and he's supposed to be a better shooter than Alonzo too. So I don't know. Um, so let's let's take the stay final away break. from your daddy. I tell you, yes, yeah, stay away from stay away from Lamar. <laughs> uh, let's take our final break. Come back, odds and ends, rapid fire round. We'll get a minute to debate random topics. You do not want to miss this. Next on the rundown. Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Download full episodes of The Rundown at sportshubtriad.com. You can also find it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and more. Just simply search for The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Download and go. Odds and ends. We end every rundown show on Saturday mornings with odds and ends. Sawyer and Aaron pull out five different topics from around the world of sports to ask us rapid fire style. Sawyer set a stop clock for one minute. At the end of one minute, we'll hear a buzzer sound. Five topics, rapid fire. Let's go. All right. First question. Have defenses figured out Trevor Lawrence? What is your guys' opinion on? Is he overrated, underrated? What do you guys think? Hmm. Uh... It's been kind of a story they haven't really talked about because Clemson's still rolling over people, but I don't know. I'll let you guys answer that. Do you think he's overrated, underrated? Number one, that is that is a great question because, I mean, everyone's kind of thinking that. I mean, he's still putting up good numbers, but he's got, what, four interceptions? I think he had four interceptions all of last year. He's, uh, he's thrown seven touchdowns to five interceptions. 925. Five interceptions. Yeah, he's at 925 oh. yards on the season in four games. I just think he will step up when it's really needed. I still think he's a superstar quarterback for sure. He's only thrown a 62% completion rate right now. Um, he's only completed 66% of his oh, 66 passes. Um, I love that we're talking about this right now. Let's let's revisit this in about two or three yeah. weeks. And I, I think, bet it's, completely I think it's part of the sophomore slump that you have. I mean, he won a national championship as a freshman. So True now freshman. he's really the leader, and he's probably trying to make more plays than he needs to. Yeah. And I think he's just trying to do a little too much. Instead of letting the game come to him, he's trying to force it a little bit. But I think he's still a great player. The crazy thing is, Clemson might still have a Heisman candidate in the backfield anyway, and Travis Entienne. So oh, he's fantastic. Clemson's, Clemson's not that bad. They're pretty good. All right, back to the question that we talked about a couple <laughs> segments earlier. If Kyle Allen is performing greatly, what do you do when Cam is healthy? You start him. You start who? Cam, Cam Newton, yeah. It, this I don't... I don't believe – I think Ryan Clark said this earlier this week on ESPN. Cam Newton should not lose his starting role because of injury. Like, he is the he is the leader of this team. He's the best player on this team. If he's 100% healthy, I absolutely will want to pluck Cam Newton back into the offense instead of Kyle Allen. Now, if Kyle Allen's playing well and you throw Cam out there and Cam's not playing well, now you have a situation where the fans are going to turn on you. Well, the fans are going to turn when you throw Cam back out there either way. But, but if I go with your scenario and he went, uh, let's say Kyle wins the next six, six games, games, which could no, happen, you Look, stick with Cam or uh, Kyle Allen for sure. They've got coming up. They got the Jags, Buccaneers, 49ers, Titans, and then the uh, the Packers, uh, November the tenth. So I mean, it's not like it's a a, a motley crew of like teams they got to play here. Uh, the Falcons are after that. They're not playing that well. Saints still might not have Drew Brees after that. Redskins are on the schedule. It opens up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But hopefully they get a win tomorrow. All right. So LeBron came in at number three on the ESPN rankings. 
do you think LeBron has it in him to win back his number one player, player status this next season? I hope so, but honestly, I don't know if LeBron is motivated by that kind of stuff anymore. Um, I actually hope they play more through Anthony Davis than LeBron this year. They should. Anthony Davis is 25. Like, this should be an MVP-type year for Anthony Davis. Um, do I think LeBron is motivated to be back the number one player? I'm playing. What, this is year 18 that LeBron will be starting? Yeah. I, I don't I don't think. Do you think he can do you think he can win it back? Not trying to specifically not try, go I think for he it, can. but do you think he can be the number one player next season? Oh, absolutely. I think so. I, I mean, agree. he takes care of his body. He's uh, LeBron. He, I mean, he's a special dude. He was man. having a great year last year. And he had the whole summer off. You know what I mean? I he's mean, been, he's been had listening. some reps. He's been listening yeah, all Yeah, I think too, LeBron has just spoiled us. We he's, This guy's been to the finals, what, the last eight years before yeah. last year? Yep. yep. And we're spoiled. We're like, okay, LeBron's the number one man. So you don't make it to the finals this year? Oh, you must be number three. So, I, you know, he's going to come back. He's going to roll. He's going to have a team. They're going to get back to the finals, and we're going to say, hey, this guy's the greatest player. He, he, he averaged 27.4 points per game last year, eight and a half rebounds a game, eight, 8.3 assists per game, and 1.3 steals. And that's all he has to do this year. And, and that's in a, and that's in a down year for yep. LeBron James. Like that, uh, people, people make me sick. Real quick, they, I hate that. Kuz, <laughs> I hate that Kuzma's injured. Yeah, he, I mean, the Lakers gonna be interesting this year. Dwight Howard's back. All right, we've seen AB all over <laughs> social media getting in fights with almost everyone. Who is the next person you want to see Antonio Brown get into a Twitter fight with? Ooh, that's a good. That's a saucy one. Um, hey, I would. Get, I would like to see Antonio Brown get into a Twitter fight with Donald Trump. Yes, there it is. I was just thinking, I was like, who is the mo- who is the person on Twitter oh that that goes around fighting people, and that's perfect. Donald, now how could that even start? Because that's not, Donald Trump and Antonio Brown seem like they'd be the best of friends, just randomly. Like they, I don't just, know what like the- they'd hang out together. They go shopping. I could see Donald <laughs> Trump saying, "Hey, Antonio, just shut up and go play football," yeah. and then that would spark it. Back, okay, okay spark I could also see that as well. Back and forth. <laughs> I could see that also. I would like to see AB get in the Twitter spat with OJ Simpson. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Because OJ has been out here, man. He's oh, been out here in boy. these streets talking about how these players are messing up his fantasy team. Hello, Twitter world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he starts off favorite That's how video. He does <laughs> What's going on with Antonio Brown, man? You're messing up my fantasy. Aaron, do that here. again, man. It's so- Hello, Twitter world. It sounds just like it, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to change my vote to OJ Simpson. <laughs> uh, now, Antonio Brown, though, would have to be careful, though, man. You, you, the juice is actually loose. I don't know if I want to <clears throat> upset the juice. Allegedly. Allegedly. I don't know if that's. I don't, I don't know if that worked out well for Antonio in the end. He might have more than his feet all messed up. All right, so this was a big conversation yesterday on the drive. Uh, Josh Graham brought me and Aaron little tiny sugary airheads, and he called them a snack. It's all over Twitter. Do you guys think that candy and other sugary treats are snacks, or should snacks be saved for other like chips? And Aaron said chicken wings and hot dogs, but that's definitely not a snack. Hot dogs so. aren't what? snacks. A what are single you talking hot about? dog could be a snack. <laughs> that's not a world. snack. Uh, to answer your question, Airheads is a snack? No. <laughs> that's What is it? It's just candy. It's a bag of sugar. It's like, candy it's not, a snack, yeah. Would sugary like treats be snacks, or do you save those for things that actually fill you up, which I think it's like chips and stuff like that. If I poured a bag of Dixie Crystal sugar into a sandwich bag and handed it to you and said, here, here's a snack, you'd look at me like I was crazy. That's literally what Josh just did to y'all yesterday. He handed you a bag of sugar with different colors in it and said, this is a snack. He he really did. When when I do Twizzlers, I'm thinking that's a snack for me. Really? Yeah. See, I think of like a pack of nabs or something as a snack. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like something that's a little heavier, I guess. 
Maybe it has to do with like salt or something. Because chips, you said chips, peanuts. I get a little. I, I get a little uncomfortable when uh, Joshy calls uh, the good-looking guys snacks. I get uncomfortable when you call him Joshy. <laughs> <laughs> App State versus Coastal Carolina today on the Sports Hub at 1.30. Rams taking on the Bucks in NFL action tomorrow at 3 p.m. Saints Cowboys at 7:30 Sunday night on the Sports Hub. We're out. We'll see you next week.